Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Bruns here on Thursday. Gentlemen, Nebraska football coming off of a win. We didn't get a chance to talk on Tuesday. We did speak after the game on Saturday. But one of the topics that I, I just kind of want to dive right into it, it's been probably the, the most interesting conversation I've had with people throughout the week. How should Nebraska go about using Wandale Robinson if Dedrick Mills is unavailable on Saturday? Obviously, Wandale moved into the running back role when Mills left the game against Penn State. Yeah, I think he finished with like 60 yards on 16 carries uh, and threw in another 11 yards on five receptions. Usage was high. Efficiency was low. That seems to kind of be the trend in my mind when Wandale Robinson has ended up at running back in no short part because teams just don't respect Nebraska's wide receivers and they really stack the box. BC, what do you think is the answer to the Wandale conundrum if the Huskers have to uh, have to replace Dedrick Mills at running back on Saturday? Um, my answer is not complicated, which is not surprising because I'm not a complicated man. Um, I think they've got to stick with, uh, I mean, what they did last Saturday, honestly. I, I think he's got to play some running back. I actually like him there right now in this shortened season if Mills is not part of the equation because I do think he's the best possibility for a big burst or explosion from that, uh, from that position at the moment. And I'll give an example of how last week could have been a different narrative. Um, I think he ended up with like 16 carries for 60 yards, which obviously on the surface isn't great, um, um, you know, yardage wise. But I think of a play, you know, in the fourth quarter where uh, the hole was there and his speed was about to burst through and give Nebraska a 35 yard touchdown. A Penn State guy rather wisely grabs him by the face mask and he only gets five yards. They get the penalty. But that probably otherwise would have been a 35-yard touchdown from the press box, it appeared at least. So um, I think what I'm getting at is plays like that did not materialize last week against what I think is one of the better front sevens, maybe the best one they'll see this year. Wow. Um, I, I do. I think they're – well, I think they're more athletic. The other guys said this this week. They think they're more athletic than Ohio State. Iowa might have something to say about what I just said. Uh, but I think Illinois is neither of these teams – and uh, Illinois' rushing defense is 11th in the conference. So I think some of those plays could start to, uh, to break out against a team like the Illini. What do you think, Brooks? Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to see him used as a running back more situationally. Like, I thought that the number of touches that he got on Saturday against Penn State, I think the total is correct. I think the, the – my issue, and I think Schaefer, you're probably were kind of getting along this too, that the the way that the, the carries and, and the touches are distributed needs to be a little different. Like you, you need to have a few more catches versus just Wandale going head first into the the you know, right into the backs of the offensive linemen. I, I think the way that Nebraska's offense is now, regardless of whether it's Wandale Robinson or Dedrick Mills or Marvin Scott or Cooper Jewett, you know, you're going to have teams really keen on the run because you have not shown through three games that you can get the ball downfield. So to me, I think it makes more sense if you can, you know, try to get Wandale in a little bit of space somehow out of the backfield uh, doing that or, or kind of a change of pace rather than a featured back. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be possible because I feel like right now, if it's not Mills, they feel like their best running back is Wondell Robinson. So, uh, you know, maybe you see a little bit more workload for Scott and maybe Ronald Tompkins now that he's back or, or some mix of those guys. But, um, you know, you, you just kind of wonder long-term about Wandale's durability. I know it's a shortened season, uh, but it, it just seems like, you know, him going just headfirst into the line, and you know how, how hard he runs, uh, it's just maybe not where he's best used. Yeah, so my, my concern is that if you look at Saturday, and I know the second half was, was a little bit disjointed for Nebraska anyways, but they only scored three points. They, uh, they basically moved Wandale to running back, and he had a 14-yard run, and I think his next best run after that might have been like a six-yard run. And then there was that the one that, that BC was talking about, which did look like it could go, but obviously there was a face mask, and it's just a whole lot of no gain, one yard, two yards. And I just I, – I feel like – I think it ended up being like eight carries for 34 total yards or something. I just – I. I worry that Nebraska is going to get super conservative and that's kind of what happened against Purdue at times when they, you know, weren't able to, to move the ball and they weren't able to run the ball successfully. Uh, the offense just kind of shut down on them. And then you're left with a passing game that they don't even trust enough with the lead against Penn state to put the ball in the air in the red zone. So I, I'm, I question if the best use of Wondell Robinson is to get him 15 to 20 carries as a running back. I like the idea of getting him like five to eight carries, whether that's as a jet sweep, whether that's, you know, out of the, the backfield, whether that's, you know, putting him in motion. I, I like the idea of using him. I, I want him to get the ball. We, you know, we're table pounding about the fact he wasn't getting it enough in the first two weeks. I don't want to make it seem like now that he got 21 touches, well, that doesn't work either, but it's, there just doesn't seem to be an effective way to get him the ball in space and, and going against these loaded boxes with Wondell Robinson doesn't seem great either. And then there's the flip side of it. You recruit the guy as a wide receiver. You tell him he's going to play wide receiver. Two years in a row, your, your primary running back is either out or unavailable, and you immediately move him to running back. Like, I just – I think what you do is you hurt a position like wide receiver, which really doesn't have much in terms of consistent production, to try to solve some other issue. Because, again, Nebraska seems scared to play freshman. And this time would be a running back. And, and I thought Marvin Scott looked fine. Like, there, there's a part of me that just thinks if, if Diedrich Mills is unavailable on Saturday, start Marvin Scott, Ronald Tompkins, Ramir Johnson, Sevion Morrison, whichever one of those guys you want, and let them try to go to work. Because at some point, you're not going to have Diedrich Mills. And are you going to go into 2021 and, and you're just going to move Wondell to running back because you didn't use any of this time to, to learn what you actually have with some of those guys? So it's a – it's a weird situation to me where, again, at a different skill position on offense, they just seem really scared to just turn it loose with freshmen. And, and it doesn't square with the fact that this was a staff in 2018. They handed the reins over to Adrian Martinez. Or in 2019, gave it to Wondell Robinson. And I, I get it's a little bit weird in 2020 with the practice time that they've had. But part of me just thinks you gotta, you got to let that go. you got to let some of these guys play. You think I'm overreacting to it a little bit? No, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. My, my, I really am sort of have an open mind to see what happens this week. Um, it's not that I thought Penn State was a great football team or Northwestern for that matter, but I do feel like the first three games has been complicated because they've just taken on some 
either really talented defense like Penn State and Ohio State with dudes all over the place or the most disciplined defense in the league in Northwestern. And so I'm sort of giving them this opportunity to show me however you want to orchestrate it, fine, but this should be a week where you start to produce. You know, this is a defense that has some holes in it where some of those plays should start to pop. Um, and I do think you're right, though, Schaefer. I think there has to be a little more trust factor with some of the young guys. I think they're starting to do that at wide receiver, but they just, they just don't know quite what they can hang their hat on in the passing game at all. And, uh, and then, it, then it kind of it, it narrows down to a very limited scope of what, what they feel that they can do, especially when they had a lead and were kind of protecting it. So I'd like to see Marvin get the ball a little bit more, too, this week. And Wandale had 16 carries last week. If you could get him more in that 12 to 13 range of rushes and throw him the ball seven or eight times, that to me would be an okay balance for what they're dealing with right now. So I'm kind of curious. One of the things that's interesting uh, that we saw early in the year, Nebraska used both Luke and Adrian in that quarterback run game against Ohio State. They used both a little bit against Northwestern, though more so when, when Luke came in to replace Adrian. Scott Frost seemed open to the idea on Saturday. Adrian's had successful games against Illinois both times in his career. Bruns, how much Adrian Martinez do you think we see on Saturday that isn't a mop-up role? Yeah, I don't, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I, I don't know that it, it's going to be as – that it would be as widespread if the roles were – as when the roles were reversed. I, I just uh, – Maybe you see a little bit in terms of uh, you have some packages or something like that where, you know, both of them are on the field together. You set up a trick play or something like that. But I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be widespread. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be Luke as a starter. I think he's going to get the bulk of the action there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as much as you know the they've talked about potentially doing it. I just, I don't see it being, you know, a a huge part of what Nebraska does um, on, on Saturday, especially if they're able to just kind of move the ball normally. I mean, if you don't have to get into the gadget stuff, I don't know that they will. BC, you have any thoughts on if we see Adrian on Saturday? I think it'll be very limited if, if we do. Brunt's hit it well. I, I think, McCaffrey's just a little bit different player where he he feels like a little bit more of a Swiss Army knife if he's not the starting quarterback than Martinez does to me and maybe I'm selling Adrian short there um, because he is a good athlete but I I I think of Adrian as more strictly a quarterback and so obviously you're not going to have a ton of plays where you you put those guys out there if you know if you're not lining Adrian up at wide receiver or something like they did with Luke so I'll say very limited and I honestly, we're in that type of the part of the season where unless you're ahead by like 35 points in a game, you're usually sticking with your starter to assure that you, you, you keep the foot down on the throat. So I don't think we'll see a lot of them. I just have this weird feeling that Nebraska will, will throw them in there for a series or something early in the game. I don't know why. Uh, I just think that he, we, we like what we've seen from Luke McCaffrey. I don't think it's a slam dunk that he has this job the rest of the year. Um, and I, I think the staff still feels like Adrian can play, play football. And so, um, you know, I could be completely off on my read on this, but I, I kind of just suspect there's going to be a use of him 
at some point earlier in this game. We'll see if that if that plays out. Let's dive into the defense really quick before we uh, we take a break. Um, you you look at this defense, and it it feels like to me we've we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but Nebraska has finally gotten the linebacker play that's necessary to survive in a three four defense. And beyond that, it feels like they're kind of a little bit deep there this year. Like they they can roll you know, four guys at outside linebacker and feel pretty good about what they're getting there. And they can do, you know, three. Uh, I don't think they've quite got a fourth yet at inside linebacker, but, you know, for a, a position that I didn't really know what to do with that second level, those seven guys have played pretty well. Uh, when we're talking Jojo Doman, Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, Feldarius Payne, and then, of course, the middle linebackers, Miller, Honus, and Reimer. Uh, is that the, the kind of read that you have, Brunch, so far through the season? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the tackle numbers and the games that those guys have played, I mean, I think, I think they're also benefiting from a front that is a, is able to handle double teams a little bit better. I mean, I think Ty Robinson has done a nice job of that. I think, you know, the different looks they've kind of given with the two uh, down linemen, I think, has kind of uh, been a nice wrinkle that they've done. But, you know, Nick Nick Henrik moving to outside linebacker, I think actually ended up being a pretty good move with the depth that it provides there. You can rotate guys in and out a little bit more there. Uh, Jojo Doman uh, deserves a ton of credit for, for what he's done through three games, the amount of snaps he's played. Uh, you know, he, he basically hasn't left the field the last two games uh, for Nebraska. And, you know, you, you've gotten stuff from, from guys like Phil Darius Payne that, that I don't know that Nebraska necessarily – expected to get I think he's played hard I think he's given them some decent snaps in there so yeah I agree with you I, I think that's been you know obviously we we hammered on that all summer about how that was a both of those were positions of uh, intrigue and, and question marks and, and whatnot but you know when you've had guys like like Payne Henrik uh, Reimer certainly step up I mean I think you've uh, you found some nice depth there and, and I think those guys are, are going out and making plays um, thanks to, to what, what's happening in front of them, too. BC? Yeah, what's interesting is if you look at the numbers, and Ohio State does skew things quite a bit, uh, but Nebraska is 12th in the league in rushing defense, 11th in total defense, 8th in pass defense, 13th in third down defense. So – that in the surface, you're like, well, that's, that's not great. Um, but as I say, the first game skewed it. And what I like about the defense so far is they, they seem to all be doing their jobs. Like last year, that was not the case. And Eric Chenander would always use that Belichickian phrase, do your job. You know, you have to trust that the other guy is going to do his job. You can't play outside of your bubble or what you're supposed to do because that's when you're trying to make a play and it ends up being a big one for the other side. And so that's what guys like Jojo and those linebackers are doing much better this season. And the defensive linemen are trusting that they are going to be in the right spots. And I think Bruns nailed it with Ty Robinson. He has like 11 tackles so far, but he's at one of those positions where he's such a big body. He's doing, he's setting up guys to clean up plays on certain ones. And that's, that's a big deal. I like that. They've been opportunistic too. I mean, they gave up 21 against Northwestern, but they also basically gave the team seven. So that's only minus 14. Really. If you do a plus minus, they gave up 23 last week, 
but they basically got 10 back off of turnovers. So that's only a minus 13. That, whatever the other numbers say, if, if you put up Saturdays like that, that's, that's winning football. And the other side of the ball has to do their part then. All right, good stuff there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some Nebraska basketball. We have a schedule now for them to walk us through how things sit uh, for the Nebraska basketball team in their schedule and then of course i i don't think there's a full non-conference schedule released but we have a general idea of, of when some matchups are going to happen so we're going to hit the hardwood next here on the husker 24 7 podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, and we are back during the break. Brunts informed me that I'm a moron. Brunts, please explain to the listeners. <laughs> uh, so this morning, this morning, Nebraska did, in fact, uh, release an official non-conference schedule, seven games. You, knew, you already knew about most of them, um, but we'll run through it real quick here. How do you guys feel about a Wednesday, November 25th opener at 11 a.m. against McNeese State? Sign me up. I'm in. What, what, what is my actual role here? Do I just have to watch it? You have to sit at home on BTN and watch basketball on Wednesday. I'm in. So you've got Wednesday against McNeese State. You have the Golden Window Classic opener against a very good St. Louis team on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. Uh, Saturday, you get San Francisco uh, as your second Golden Window Classic game followed by South Dakota on December 1st, Florida A&M December 6th, the ACC Big Ten Challenge against Georgia Tech on Wednesday, which was a known game. And wrapping up, Friday, December 11th, Nebraska at Creighton for the second year in a row to wrap up your non-conference schedule. Guys, does that, does that schedule, does it, does it wrestle your gyms a little bit? So there's how many games total? Seven. It feels like if Nebraska finishes better than four and three, they'll have done a really nice job. That's fair. Is that fair? I think. Yeah, uh, I, like, I, like. I think looking at at the schedule, I, I like that Nebraska's getting Creighton on the road this year because you're not going to have fans. Creighton's really good, um, and, and Nebraska I think has a chance to be good, not on the level of Creighton good, but. Um, that, that, that's an intriguing matchup because it gives you an opportunity to, to compete against a good team on the road without having to deal with the crowd, which I think is a, a good thing for this team. Uh, but St. Louis is going to be tough. You for that, though? What's that? Dealing with Creighton without much of a crowd since most of them is going to be up in the uh, 
the uh, cocktail and, and bar lines for most of the first half. Yeah, well, it's, it's low-hanging fruit, but you're not afraid to pick it. I would not have passed the opportunity at all. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, but St. Louis, I think, is going to be a game that at the end of the year is going to look really nice, um, you know, when you're kind of looking at, you know, how, how to strength the schedule, that kind of stuff. They're one of the top mid-major teams in the country. San Francisco, if you've ever watched any West Coast basketball, uh, they're not trouting to – you know, Bill Russell or anybody out like that out there, but they're a solid West Coast Conference team. So I like it. Uh, th- there's some games that you can definitely grow as a team in and, and also some, some challenging games there too. Good understanding of college basketball history there, Bronze, with the Bill Russell reference. Could have gone Bill Cartwright too, but I didn't do that. The man in the middle. <laughs> Bill Cartwright with the funkiest shot ever. Yeah. So we we also have we, we've got the conference schedule too uh, that we can hit on briefly here. I, I don't usually get too charged up about basketball conference schedules because you're going to get everybody. Um, it, it's not an easy one, I guess. The the Big Ten's going to be kind of a a, grind, a meat grinder of a schedule, anyways, this year. But uh, Nebraska only gets uh, Northwestern once. Um, Let's see. They they get Iowa once, and um, so it's it's tough there. But just uh, you, you open up December twenty first at Wisconsin. How do you guys feel about Christmas Day? Jawan Howard, the Michigan Wolverines, Pinnacle I, Bank Arena. Is it bad if I can't name a single player off of Michigan's basketball team right now because my mind is just not able to go? to the space of college basketball? Uh, no, I don't think so. There, there's a Wagner. Okay. Uh, it, it's not Mo. No, it's Franz. Seems like he's going to be a, a crowd favorite. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it, they, they've built in some time in case they have issues with, with tests and whatnot. And I think – I think that there will be some interruptions uh, in the conference schedule, not only for Nebraska, but uh, other teams as well. Um, but yeah, th- this is your, your start. You go at Wisconsin, home for Michigan, at Ohio State, Michigan State at home, at Purdue. Those are your first five games uh, through January 5th. So it doesn't start easy, and it just kind of gets more difficult from there. What yeah. do you make – uh, them being picked 13th in the preseason uh, poll. What do you think? Not surprised. Are, are you? No. Um, I mean, I, I think most people, from a distance, you might hear like, oh, Nebraska's really revamped their lineup. They're going to do this and that. But you're like, okay, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. I understand where people are coming from uh, that aren't around here. And I honestly, people around here are kind of like that to a degree at this point. They're just like, Oh, let's, let's actually see it. It it sounds good. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this season, but that's, that's honestly the perfect place for them. I do however think they're going to be uh, better than that. Here's, here, here's what I know. Um, so we talked to Fred Hoiberg earlier this week and they really, he really likes this team. And, and 
in a different yeah. way than he liked last year's group. I, I think last year's group, there was very much a, well, we're going to roll the ball out there and see what happens. But I, I think like last year's group, like actually liked them. They were challenging, I think is probably a fair way to, <laughs> to put it. Um, but they really like the chemistry of this group. I think that they feel like they have guys that um, can definitely create issues for opponents. I think they really like having Trey McGowan's eligible and what he can do at the point. They really like that they've got guys that are, are bigs who can spread the floor, which are a little bit more in line with what you'd expect from a Fred Hoiberg offense. Lat Mayan, I think, is going to be a, a big piece of what they do. Teddy Allen went for – I think 26 or 29 uh, in Nebraska's scrimmage last week uh, in, in Pinnacle Bank Arena. So I think this group is going to be able to run more. They're going to be able to score more. I think they're going to be better on defense because they actually have some length on the perimeter, which is something that they did not have last year. So what does that mean? I don't know. But I, I think that there's a little bit of confidence uh, with this coaching staff that, you know, this year they can – exceed whatever the expectations are out there for this group, but also provide a really nice um, foundation for building on with the three guys they just signed in this recruiting class too. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I, I guess, what do you guys, what do you guys see as the ceiling for this group? I think they can win uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like, if they could go eight and 12 in the big 10, I think that'd be really remarkable. Um, I think the conference is really good this year. Uh, I think that it's going to take them a little bit because it's just, you know, it's hard. Like you, you don't get the normal non-conference to kind of gel and, and they're going to have to pretty much go from that McNeese state game to playing a team that's a tournament team right away with St. Louis. And then, you know, it doesn't get that much easier following up after that Georgia tech and Creighton, they're both, uh, difficult teams in their own right. And so I, I just think that by the time they get into Big Ten play, they'll they'll have faced some pretty good teams, but then it just goes up another level. And so if they are able to get to, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight wins, I think that's going to be a pretty nice year for them. I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, if you were saying ceiling, like if you wanted a dream, I would say it's like going 500 in the league, which that's that's yeah. dreaming and the ceiling to me but I I think Schaefer kind of nailed it as far as like a realistic like here's the improvement it's right in front of you and next year is going to be even better um that sort of thing um but that's the sort of the beauty of hoops is you know you can get two or three different guys and they have more than that on this team um from the year previous and suddenly it's you just look different you know you're all of a sudden you know, the, last year, the thing that was fun was even though they, they kind of stunk, uh, Hoiberg would have them in position in some of the games against like a ranked team where they had a chance on the last possession on certain occasions, you know. And so you kind of take that, what you saw there, that template and say, okay, now they've upgraded. Uh, those could turn into some exciting wins. And I, they will knock some people off, and that's going to be the fun part. What about you, Bruns? Yeah, I mean, I think – ceiling probably like a middle of the pack finish in the big 10 which would be great yeah no i mean middle of the pack you're firmly in the in the bubble conversation i think 8 12 is probably a a good number i I think just looking at the schedule uh depending on how things break i think this is going to be a weird year too 
You know, I, I think as you've kind of seen in football, uh, having no or limited crowds, um, you know, you, you've got guys in and out of the lineup, just having to deal with all the, the extra kind of stuff you have to do with daily testing and whatnot with uh, COVID. I think it, it, it's going to be, you know, a challenge for teams and how kind of how they deal with it. So, I mean, it, it, it almost kind of feels like if Nebraska can get off to a quick start this season, I, I think it, it could be a team that could certainly surprise some people once you start getting uh, into Big Ten play. And, you know, with the style of play that they're going to play with too, I mean, they, they were top 25 in pace last year. They want to play even faster. I think they have the guys to do that. That can keep you in a lot of games, I think, that, that maybe you shouldn't be in. So, uh, you know, I, I think – I think eight and 12 is probably a good number. I'll, I'll, I'll buy into that Schaefer. I'm buying stock in your answer. Stock in Schaefer. That's where people, uh, that's where people put their trust. And unlike the real stock market, it only goes up. All right. uh, Final thoughts here before we, we cut out for the week, we'll be back with a hype cast on Friday. We're going to have 10, 11 sports director, Kevin suits joining us. Nobody knows more about champagne in the Nebraska media than Kevin suits the town, not the drink. I don't know if he drinks champagne, the drink. I, I don't want to give people the wrong idea. Uh, final thoughts, Brunts, BC, either of you save me from my air. Um, I don't know how to save you. Um, I, I can't, I, people, I, I think people I've been trying for years and it hasn't worked. So yeah, I, I, I can't help you on this one. Um, you know, well, this is an exciting week. We, we might have hoops on the horizon. We've got a schedule in front of us. That's great. Um, Nebraska has a chance to actually start a winning streak on the football field. It's a legitimate chance. And uh, within two weeks from now, we'll know a lot more about this football team uh, after games against Illinois and Iowa. And I think we'll be able to, we'll be able to speak uh, with a little bit more authority. Kind of, kind of drinking from the Husker fire hose here. You've got two football games and, and potentially three basketball games in the span of a little over a week. So it'll be fun. Lots to talk about. All right, drinking from the Husker fire hose. That's what you get out of the Husker 24-7 podcast. Like I said, we'll be back Saturday – or, excuse me, we'll be back Friday uh, with the Hypecast. We'll be back Saturday with the post-game podcast. We'll have a ton of coverage leading up to that Illinois game. And, of course, after it, be sure to check out everything at Husker 24-7.